This is the Value Investor Podcast with Tracy Reinick. All things value, all the time. Welcome back, value investors. And just a reminder, if you want to get more than what's offered here on the podcast, and you want to know what's going on during the earnings season, really, you can head over to the StockTwits Premium Rooms because I got a room over there, Zach's Earnings Insights, where I'm talking about stocks every day and I'm posting all the charts on earnings, um, what it looks like for earnings season coming uh, in the next couple of quarters, things like that, and specific info about the companies. I'm also live tweeting some of those conference calls over there. Now, I did convince them to do the free trial on there. So you can do a free seven-day trial on the StockTwits room over there on my room. So if you just want to try us out, check it out. Over on StockTwits, you got to go to the, the rooms tab up at the top and um, check out the premium rooms on there. And it's under Zach's Earnings Insights. So you can either go there now because we got a couple weeks still left on earnings season. I'm going to be tweeting out a lot about the retailers and a couple more of those pot stocks are going to be reporting. So I've been live tweeting those conference calls over there. So if you're interested in any of that, head on over there and do one of those free trials. Okay, now back to the value side of things. I've been waiting for a while for the 13F forms to be filed. And remember, the 13Fs are the ones that are filed by basically the big hedge funds and money managers who have to file every quarter. And they file a certain number of days after the end of the quarter with the SEC. So we can all see like what they were buying and selling during that quarter. So of course, the exciting one for us value investors is the Berkshire Hathaway one. And I really wanted to know what was Warren Buffett doing in his stock portfolio in the fourth quarter as stocks plunged down. Now, he has billions of dollars on the sidelines. He has a lot of cash sitting there. So I was thinking... He's probably putting some of it to use during a sell-off like that because stocks went on sale. It was, as as we all know now, uh, one of the biggest sell-offs we've seen, I would say, in about five years probably with the market. So uh, someone like him sits up and takes notice. Everyone should have been looking at their portfolio thinking, what are my favorite stocks? How cheap are they now? Is this a deal? And should I be buying more? But I know he was doing it. So... I was eager to get that 13F. We finally got it in. It actually didn't make much news, but I think there was some interesting things in there. Um, and so this goes into some of the surprises I felt that were in that filing for what he did with his portfolio last year in 2018. So let's jump right into what these are. Okay, the first one is, and this is the one that did get some of the headlines, so to speak, is that he sold some Apple shares in, in Q4. And that's surprising given because he's in a love affair with the stock, as many of you know, if you follow him. And um, he goes on and on every quarter when he talks to the media about Berkshire's filings and their earnings about Apple and how great it is. And he said in the past, if he could, he would buy the entire company. So why is some being sold? So Reuters actually sent over an email to ask. They Berkshire sold 3 million shares, about 3 million shares. It was worth about $500 million. So it wasn't like a huge percentage of his total holdings. Apple still remains the top holding in Berkshire Hathaway's portfolio. But still, nevertheless, kind of surprising given the love affair. So Reuters asked asked over there at Berkshire Hathaway and they actually got a response. So Warren Buffett's assistant, Debbie Bosnick, 
emailed Reuters with why they sold some stocks. And she said he wasn't the one who sold the shares. She said, quote, one of the managers other than Warren had a position in Apple and sold part of it in order to make an unrelated purchase. Then she added, none of the shares under Warren's direction have ever been sold. So this is an important thing. I felt like it just, you know, was a reminder to all of us who follow Berkshire Hathaway and what's going on in that portfolio. I know some of you out there actually are buying and selling based on what Warren Buffett is buying and selling, which I have ruled against in the past. I've I've warned you against doing it, but I know some of you are still doing it, so fine. Um, but this is a reminder about uh, the dangers of that because really, and we know this, but we forget, there is more than one manager of Berkshire Hathaway's portfolio. We all just assume, oh, it's Warren Buffett and he's like, you know, the final say on everything. But remember, he has two underlings now, and that's because they had to plan for succession for when Buffett is no longer with us. Someone needs to be running the portfolio over there, and they can't just jump in, you know, after he's gone to do it. So he's hired two underlings, and you might remember their names are Ted Weschler and Todd Combs. They each manage about $12 billion of Berkshire's portfolio. And apparently, according to Warren Buffett and others there, they have free reign to do whatever they want with that $12 billion, apparently. So that's what happened here. One of the other uh, managers sold part of his shares to buy something else. So that's something to keep in mind. And, you know, she obviously was uh, clarifying that none of the shares under Warren's direction have ever been sold because he does have the love affair with the company. So keep that in mind if you are actively tracking what's happening with Berkshire Hathaway, that there's actually three managers there. And um, this is a good reminder for all of us. But this brings me to the second surprise move of Berkshire Hathaway last year, not just in the fourth quarter, completely, but all of last year, is that Berkshire bought a actually bought two foreign stocks. Um, I initially thought it was just one, but he bought two foreign stocks that, in the fourth quarter. But the one of them is the more intriguing one, one you might not think of, because I was like, what, what company is this? And I had to go look it up. And this isn't getting that much publicity either, which I'm kind of surprised about. But he bought this company called Stoneco Limited. So it's S-T-O-N-E, like stone, with C-O, like kind of one word. I think that's to make it seem like, you know, kind of techie. The ticker is S-T-N-E, so that's easy to remember. And it has a market cap of $7.1 So not super small, not a big cap, a nice size mid cap here. It looks like it only, these shares only started trading in the U.S. in October of 2018. And then by the end of 2018, as everything was being sold off, the shares were down about 46%. So you could see why uh, someone over at Berkshire Hathaway decided to buy up some of these. And then year to date, of course, they've seen the rebound like a lot of things have. And year to date, they're up 35% already. But what is this company? So I had to go to their website, of course. That's always where you should start. And here's what they describe themselves as. They're a leading provider of financial technology solutions for merchants. And again, this is in Brazil. So they're like an online like digital payment system for the merchants. And as of December 31st, they had 267,000 active clients. 
and that was up 104% from 131,000 the year before. They added 33,500 clients in the quarter. And again, they're only in Brazil. But the shares aren't cheap. Right now, they're trading with a PE of 28. Now, obviously, uh, given the rebound in the shares, they were cheaper when Berkshire was buying its shares, but they still weren't weren't exactly in the value category, most likely. But strong earnings growth, estimated earnings growth for 2019 of 158%. They haven't reported fourth quarter yet, so we're still waiting on that. Expected to make 32 cents in 2018 and 83 cents a share in 2019. So um, decent a number of shares they bought for Berkshire. It was 14.2 million shares. That has a market value of about 261 million dollars. So um, it's still a small position in the overall portfolio. But this was intriguing to me because Brazil, we haven't seen Berkshire Hathaway buy anything in Brazil. We haven't seen Berkshire buy any of these kind of, you know, financial transaction type companies other than the big credit card companies. So we're not seeing them buy, you know, like a PayPal here. Um, But to go into Brazil and buy this is intriguing. And then it made me ask the question, why aren't they buying Chinese tech Technology because those actually sold off really hard as well at the end of 2018. As many of you know, why Brazil? Why not China here? And why not something like YY, which is ticker YY? Remember, they're, they're a social media company, so not on the payment side, but live streaming social media. They're trading right now at just like about eight times, and they were even cheaper at the end of 2018. But they didn't go in there. They didn't go in to buy um, shares in like, say, Alibaba, Tencent, JD.com. Um, those never got like super cheap, but... They did sell off at the end of 2018 pretty sharply. So why not? Maybe they took a look and it wasn't cheap enough. I don't know. Right now, Alibaba with the ticker BABA is trading at 31 times. Tencent, T-C-E-H-Y is the ticker there, is also 31 times. And then JD is now 50 times. All of those have rebounded off their 2018 lows. But I was really, really curious to see whether or not Um, Berkshire would buy anything in China this quarter, given how beaten up the Chinese stock market has been or was in 2018. And a lot of these shares got beat up as well, but they didn't go there. They only went for Brazil. So I don't know, that's something to watch. And we don't know which of the managers bought that Brazilian company. Do we think it was Warren Buffett? I don't think so on that one, Um, but that's just my gut. We don't know yet, but that's something that we're going to keep watching. That was another surprising thing about uh, Berkshire Hathaway's portfolio moves in 2018. Now, the third surprising thing, but it's not really surprising, but I added it here anyways, was that he did do what I thought he would do with the banks and he bought a whole bunch more. (laughs) This was like an obvious call. I knew he would do it because they just got too cheap in the fourth quarter. I mean, the the sell-off was overdone on all the big names, but even in the community banks, like the whole sector really. And then he went in and he bought a bunch more in a whole bunch of his positions. So he added to JP Morgan, which is JPM. Um, Bank of America, BAC, is his largest big bank position, and it's now 12% of the whole portfolio uh, compared to JP Morgan, which he just started adding that position a couple quarters ago. 
That is just 2.7% of the whole portfolio. So you can see the difference there. He added to Bank of New York Mellon, which is ticker BK. He added to U.S. Bank Corps, ticker USB. And he added to PNC Financial, which was is also another newer name to the portfolio. Um, that one is just makes up 0.5% of the portfolio. So it's a big regional bank out of Pittsburgh and... Um, that's a newer name too, but he also added there. And one thing to keep in mind with the financials is he really can only buy the big guys, but you can't. You can buy other things. He can really only buy these big guys because eventually, I mean, if they're smaller, he'll just buy it outright, but that's not what he wants to do. He wants to buy the stocks here. So he's more limited. That's why he's adding to his bigger positions because they're big enough, they can handle, you know, an extra 500 million or billion dollar investment rather than just being bought out completely, which is not what he wants to do. So keep that in mind that a lot of this tendency towards financials is on the big cap side. And I did take a look to see where the financials are in the overall portfolio. And it is near the highs that we've seen in the last decade or two for the overall portfolio. It's about 45% of the portfolio now is in the financials. He's always loved them. It's always been overweighted, but I've noticed it's never really gotten much past the 45. It's never been, you know, 55, 60% of the portfolio. So looks like might've reached a ceiling here, maybe on adding to some of these names. Now, another surprise, I was really only going to do three surprises, but then I kept going. So another surprise was on um, General Motors. So this is really the fourth surprise that um, I, I did was really genuinely surprised at this one. Now, he's owned like a small percentage of GM over the years and now has decided to add a big portion in. But as we know, GM shares have been dirt cheap. They still are cheap, even though they've rebounded off those lows. They're up 19.7% year to date now. They still have a P of six. So still dirt cheap, but I took a look and they still have some value trap characteristics there. I've covered them many times on the value trap shows and earnings expected to decline 1% in 2019, expected to decline again 5.4% in 2020. So I'm not liking that too much, but someone at Berkshire decided in the fourth quarter, at least, these are just too cheap. And, you know, it was like a no-brainer for them to add again to that position. And um, when you get the PE down that low, they they just took a dive back into there. Now, it does pay that dividend. It's yielding 3.9%, so that's pretty juicy. So um, GM, I'm still not a super huge fan, but when it was really, really cheap, they decided to get in there. Now, one I did notice that they didn't um, dive into, they've stayed away from this one, is General Electric. Now, maybe they're waiting for more of the spinoffs to be spun off and for further clarity there. Shares had been, you know, at multi-decade lows there, but they weren't nibbling there. So no General Mo or General Electric GE added here. Only General Motors ticker GM added instead. Now the fifth surprise, and this is the other foreign stock that is easy to overlook in the fourth quarter that they added to the portfolio was Suncor Energy ticker SU. And this is an integrated Canadian oil company. And what that means is it's like Exxon or Chevron. Integrated means they have 
uh, exploration and production side plus refining. They've had the midstream, so they're like the full package basically with um, all the different types. So this kind of company um, was beaten down in 2018 when the oil and energy you know, when oil prices really fell. So it clearly felt like this might be a buying opportunity in some of the uh, oil and gas side of things, not just pipelines, but on the actual refining and EMP side. So Suncor Energy was added, and that is interesting because it's a first four-way four into some of those, what I consider to be oversold energies in the fourth quarter as well. So some of these are good tips to keep in mind when you're watching Berkshire Hathaway. And that's why I do these episodes of the podcast, because I feel like there are lessons to be learned um, from the moves that Berkshire Hathaway makes every year good and bad lessons. And some of those from just what we've talked about today is um, a couple of things to keep in mind is that remember Berkshire Hathaway has to buy bigger cap stocks. You don't, but they do. So sometimes you might get a better deal in a smaller company that's in like a similar industry that Berkshire Hathaway cannot buy, but you can. So keep that in mind if you're, you know, trying to mimic some of these moves that they're making. And then remember, it's not just Buffett buying for the portfolio. We have the other two managers and they have their own ideas, obviously, because they sold some of Apple and maybe maybe Buffett sent a little email like, what are you doing? I don't know. We're going to find out too when, when um, Warren Buffett talks to the media about how that went down. But keep that in mind as well, that it's not just Warren Buffett buying. And then surprising lesson that he's not buying in China, especially because Charlie Munger, his partner, talks a lot to the media about how he loves China and all the investment opportunities there. Well, apparently that's not having any impact on the three managers of the portfolio because there's no China companies in there. There's no Chinese shares at all. They did buy Brazil this quarter, which was really interesting. Brazil gets overlooked, I feel like, even more so than China does by investors. So maybe that's a sign that maybe we shouldn't be overlooking Brazil. And, um, you know, that is interesting. And energy, too. Energy's also been overlooked, but yet here was Berkshire starting a new position in one of the integrated energy companies, Suncor. So these are just a few things to keep in mind when you're watching Berkshire Hathaway. And we always wait for those earnings reports. And then, of course, for the annual meeting. And I'll be doing more of these podcasts on what's going on at Berkshire because, again, it's interesting for those of us who are value investors and we get, you know, uh, really good information and advice and reminders of what it takes to be a value investor when Warren Buffett is giving speeches or being interviewed and even in their filings. So you too can look up the 13F filings. They're not a secret and there's a lot of sources out there that list them. So feel free to go over there and kind of see what they're buying. I don't really recommend the SEC filing, however, because it's kind of complicated and it's not clear cut like what is being added and subtracted and all that. But there's websites out there where you can just literally plug in like Berkshire Hathaway or whatever the hedge fund name is 
and you can figure out, they tell you like, these are the ones where it was added. These were, you know, subtracted or, you know, removed. This is um, the top holdings, all that stuff. So that's what you want to go look at. But otherwise, I'm going to be covering all of this as we move along here in 2019. But let's recap some of those tickers again. Okay, so there was Apple, AAPL, which Buffett did not sell any of his shares, but the overall portfolio did to buy something else. Maybe that's something else because it's almost about the same. No, it was a little bit cheaper, I guess. But maybe the something else was Stone Company. S-T-N-E is the ticker there. We talked a little bit about YY and that it's cheap, but that ticker is YY. And then we had Bank of America, B-A-C. JP Morgan is JPM. I'm not going to run through all the banks, but PNC is another big regional that was added to. You might want to look there. General Motors, we had GM, we had GE, but they're not buying there. And then we had on the energy side, Suncor Energy, ticker SU, if you want to check that one out. But as always, I'm going to be covering all the value stocks every week here on the Value Investor Podcast. So you don't want to miss a single episode. You can get us on Spotify. And you can also get us on Apple Podcasts as a standalone show. And we're also combined with Zach's Market Edge over on SoundCloud. I know a lot of you subscribe over there. You get two for one if you're over there. But either way, get us somewhere because you don't want to miss a single episode. And I'll be back again next week with a whole bunch of new value stocks.